Hey, and welcome to the HVAC Apprentice Podcast. My name is Lamont, and I am your host. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Today, we will be talking about something a little different. I think something that uh, each technician will go through at some point in their life. They may be going through it uh, more frequently than others. It just really depends, man. Um, What are we talking about today? We're talking about setbacks. A lot of people don't want to hear about it, man, um, because a lot of times we do think that we are much better than what we seem to be, and uh, a lot of times that's not really the case. So what is a setback, man? What am I talking about when I say setbacks? So just imagine that you are a technician who is knocking it out of the park. I mean, every day you go to a call. You're diagnosing it properly. You're getting the customers to go through with their repairs. They may even go through with a replacement because of you. And you're doing this day in, day out, day after day, week after week, month after month, especially in the summertime, especially in the summertime, man. And then all of a sudden something happens where customer calls back in. And you miss something. Well, there is maybe a string of callbacks that happen because you missed something a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago. You were kind of maybe moving too fast. I don't know what it was, but something happened that caused you to fall backwards. Now your record is tarnished in a way. Now you got callbacks. You got technicians kind of pissing you all well, pissed off at you. Um, and it, it happens, man. I mean, it happens to the best of us. And one thing we have to learn how to deal with is the mental approach to those setbacks. So how can we deal with that? As technicians in the field, especially technicians starting out. Uh, well, at least for me, I'm just speaking for myself. My biggest thing was not to be a burden to the other guys because I did not want to be on their bad side. I needed their help. I knew there would be situations where I just need somebody to help me walk through this particular point in a call. And if I'm the guy that's constantly having callbacks or if I'm the guy that is leaving the job early because I just really don't feel like being there today. If I'm the guy that people really can't rely on or count on, how often will they be willing to help me when I really need help? That was my thing. So I did not want to be that guy. And it allowed me to push myself. It allowed me to, to, you know, learn much faster than some of the other techs. But the other, the, the other thing that I, that, that I found was that I actually was way harder on myself than I needed to be. And I think that just may be me personally. I'm, I'm normally hard on myself anyway. Um, and that's because I, sometimes I am a perfectionist. Sometimes I want to do things right all the time. And I just know it's not a realistic perspective for me. But I see guys that, that have had the experience. I see guys that have had the years in the trade. And man, I mean, their work flows like butter. There was this one guy that I worked with. His name was Eddie, man. Shout out to Eddie, man. He was, uh, I want to say maybe 30 years in the trade. And 
one day I work with this guy and you know, mind you, this was my second company. So I was only maybe two and a half years in the field when I, when I actually worked with him, he was a lead install guy. And when I tell you this guy put a system in so fast, I barely had time to react. I mean, he was doing everything by himself. I couldn't get his tools fast enough. This guy was so good. Uh, so I get to the call, man, the call was a regular install in a, in a garage, um, straight AC on the outdoor unit furnace on the inside hard, you know, hard pipe in the garage up to code crash pole. You know, it was, I believe it was a 90% cause I saw him do the drain line. And the thing that amazed me the most is how fast he was able to do the drain line. And this guy rarely had callbacks. I mean, if we were running install callbacks, you were probably not running an install callback on Eddie because he was just that good, man. But again, that was 30 years in the field. That was something that he honed. I mean, this was a practice that he could possibly do in his sleep that he just was so good at. And I think the thing with our society is that we have a microwave society to where we want the same results that somebody else put the work in for, but we want it super fast. And I think that may have been my issue. I was so focused on the end result of the products that these technicians who have been in the field 15, 20, 30 years have been producing. And I haven't, you know, I, I, I feel like I didn't have that time. 15 years in the field for me means I'm almost 46 years old and I just don't have the time for that. So I was hard on myself. And with that, came setbacks with that came callbacks with that came calls that I believed I diagnosed properly and ended up diagnosing completely wrong altogether. So how did I deal with that as a technician? Man, you got to roll with the punches. To be honest with you. You have to roll with the punches that stuff like that is going to happen. And one thing that I had to realize was that the things that I wanted to happen would not happen as frequently or as often as they, as I thought they would. So having callbacks, having mistakes, brazing uh, holes in copper or forgetting to, you know, forgetting to actually plumb the, the drain line properly where you have a leak, you know, those things, I mean, that happens because of inexperience. Sometimes we get too fast um, because we may have a quota that we have to meet. We may have a deadline that we have to meet. We may have another call we have to get to. So things like that tend to happen. And the best thing that I found was slowing down to the point where I'm paying attention to everything that I'm doing and I'm checking and double checking the things that I've done. So if I'm checking for voltage, just to make sure that I did, you know, turn the proper breaker off. I checked the voltage beforehand, make sure I have voltage. I checked the voltage once the breaker's turned off. And then I checked the voltage again, just to make sure. I mean, so it's just, just those things. Being consistent and being diligent about your job, making sure that you're not missing any steps, not cutting any corners. And having the idea that callbacks will happen it just matters how you react to them. Now, some of the stuff can get frustrating because there was a time, man. I mean, 
like I told you, I was high on the hog. The co- the company that I was working for was literally setting me up for home run after home run after home run after home run. And I'm like, bro, you killing it. You knocking it out the park. Can't nobody tell you nothing. You're doing way better than all these other techs. And then boom. Call back. Get there. Figure it out. Move on to my next call. Two or three days later, boom, same call back. And if you start to get that enough, <laughs> if you start to get that, that shakes your confidence, man. You start to question if you're really as good as you think you are. And to be honest with you, that's healthy. That is healthy, man, because that keeps you humble. I'm reminded of a story where there was a guy at one hour that I worked with. Shout out Jay, man. I appreciate you, brother, man. Jay was able to put a lot of things into perspective for me, especially when it came to my growth. He did not want me to get ahead of myself because the moment you get ahead of yourself, the moment you start feeling like, okay, I don't need to listen to this certain individual because I know more than them or I perform better than them or, you know what I mean? You just start to get a little high and mighty. And remember what I said, those guys with experience, those are the guys that you want on your team, man. They're not they're not there to hurt you uh, as long as you have good guys around you. So there was a, a specific technician who was knocking it out the park, was doing really well their first year and a half in the field, uh, doing well to the point where they were making other technicians look bad. Not Not intentionally, but this particular person was performing so well that they were making these other technicians that weren't performing well, that weren't meeting their KPIs, just look bad. And the fact that there, you know, there was gender in play here, that really made made a big gap because this person was able to do something that normally, you know, the man should be able to do. So there was a conversation between that person and 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 Jay, who I was talking about. Um, where they were just kind of listing their accomplishments and Jay was like hey hold your horses this is your first year in the field you still got a lot of learning to do and you really don't get to see everything residential has to offer until you're about five years or so in the field once you get to that point and you're still seeing the same successes then you, you could probably say, okay, yeah, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Which, when Jay told me that, man, that put so much into perspective for me because it started to make sense. There were some things that the company was setting me up for just to build my confidence. Because I think one of the most important tools a technician can have is confidence. And we talked about last last week using what you have uh, already as a technician to contribute to your success. You want to be able to use that because the customers will see it. The company will see it. The people that you work with will see it. And if you have confidence in your ability to diagnose, confidence in your ability to learn quickly, confidence in your ability to adapt, that stuff helps you out in the field. So when something like a setback happens, it's not going to frustrate you as much. 
Now, this is stuff that we all have. These are all um, trials that we have to go through as technicians because it's, it's literally just part of the trade, man. Um, and I'll give you an example. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, for those of you who follow me on the Facebook group, the HVAC Apprentice Podcast Facebook group, um, and the HVAC Apprentice on Instagram, you guys probably seen this story here. Um, I had a situation where there was a customer, my first time being there, this was an oil customer. Um, she called me out for maintenance. However, the system itself wasn't really working properly. She, she had skipped out on maintenance the year before. So basically her last maintenance was done in December of 2018. So she ran two seasons, uh, without maintenance basically. And I get there, the system's firing off, but it's not staying on. It's stuttering a bit. I got high CO when I did my combustion test. So it's just a lot of stuff that was going on with the system. I went in, I knew the system was going to be dirty. Um, normally when, when people say they haven't done maintenance in a while, that's what I expect. So I get there, I start doing the maintenance on the system. I pull the filter out immediately. The filter is black. It's just black. Pull the customer in, miss so-and-so just to let you know, this is what we're dealing with. We got a lot of sludge in the system. I'm going to take the system apart. And as I take the system apart, I'll show you what, you know, uh, what's happening with the sludge and, and how the sludge is moving throughout the system. So I pull the filter off. I actually dump the old oil out of the filter. I scrape the bottom of the filter out, get all the sludge out of there. I pull the strainer off of the pump. I show her the pump strainer and then also pull the nozzle out, show her the nozzle and uh, put everything back together. So the nozzle was black. The strainer had the strainer wasn't bad. It had some some sludge in it. I cleaned all of that out, cleaned the pump casing out, cleaned the filter out, and then I go to run the system. System doesn't run. So I'm like, okay. She said that she recently had the system, uh, the oil filled yesterday. That's probably why we're having so many issues with the combustion, because now all the sediment in, in the tank is kind of, you know. Um, put up there now so because you know whenever you disturb that the sediment starts to get into the line and that begins to clog everything so i do the push pull method and i actually try to push everything back to the tank all the sludge that was in that line back to the tank and i'm not getting anything so i go to the next step i put a co cartridge in there try to push it out with the co nothing I'm like, okay, well, let me see if I can pull the sludge out then. So I start pulling the sludge. And as I'm pulling, it's I'm getting so much sludge, it's ridiculous. I, I, almost so where I can actually full, you know, fill up a, a Perrier bottle um, full of like just, just, you know, the particles of the sludge. So I speak with her and I say, Miss So-and-so, what we need to do is actually have the oil guy come out here, uh, let him do a clean and treatment, let him treat the oil. Um, if he needs to clean the line, if he needs to clean anything else, let him clean all of that out so that we can actually get everything straight. So I'll leave, pack everything back up. She calls me back two days later. So I get there and I ask her, Hey, Miss so, so what did the oil guy say? She says, well, the oil guy says that it's not a lot of sludge in the system. There was no water in the tank. So he didn't, he didn't feel the need to do a treatment or a cleaning. So he just filled it up with oil. 
So I'm like, okay, well, we're basically back to square one because that's basically where I was at when I left the last time. And I said, well, I'll oblige you and, and try to open everything back up again, try to clear the line and see if I can get anything coming back to me. Couldn't get anything. I'll call the oil guy. And the oil guy's like, yeah, well, I saw a little bit of water in the tank, but it was not enough to create sludge. So I told her she didn't need the treatment. And he kind of left it at that. And I said, well, I got pictures of everything. Let me forward you the pictures of the sludge. Because at this time, this is my second day out there. I take the filter off again. And now one side of the filter, the inlet is impacted by sludge. There's so much sludge on just one side of the filter that it's not even allowing it to go to the other side uh, to even get to the pump. And if you if you're on the Facebook page, uh, Facebook group, and if you're on Instagram, you'll actually be able to see some of these uh, some of these pictures because, I mean, they were bad. So he tells me, well, what I'll need to do is get a line out there. Uh, I can set up a temporary line for. uh, But what she's really going to need to do is go to an above ground tank. And I'll have to actually add a new line to the system. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that sounds right to me. And I alerted her that there could be more issues in the system because the amount of sludge that we were dealing with, it could have impacted the internal components of the pump. It could have also impacted the nozzle. So I may have to change the nozzle again. I may have to do, you know, basically the whole maintenance all over again uh, because of the amount of, you know, sludge in the system. So a week goes by. And she calls on Sunday uh, because the oil guy had just changed out the tank. He just changed out the line and the system's not working. So she didn't want to pay the overtime fee. So she waited until yesterday. And then I get out there yesterday. And the first thing I notice is that there is another HVAC company in the driveway. So I get there and knock on the door. Hey, Miss So-and-so, I'm here to take a look at the oil. I do see that there's another HVAC company out here. Did you still want me to do the work? And she says, yes, I wanted you to come in because uh, the guy, he's here and he's going to show you what you missed. (laughs) Man, if y'all would have seen my face. (laughs) When she told me the HVAC guy was going to show me what I missed, man, it was almost like a slap to my face. Um, But I held my composure. I went in there. I talked to the guy. And uh, introduced myself and I said, hey, you know, what are you finding? And the guy says, well, I'm not finding anything. The only thing that I see is an issue is the pump is not pulling. And I say, yeah, I said, and the reason why the pump is not pulling is because there's so much sludge internally on that pump that it's clogged and the pump needs to be replaced. And he says, OK, well, uh, what, what, what did you do when you were here? And I went through everything. And that's the thing I told you guys before on a a couple episodes previous to this, that I take pictures, I take pictures, I take videos, I get readings because I document everything because the last thing I want the customer to say is I made a mistake because I was being careless. When I showed him everything, he went to her. He was like, miss so-and-so, I don't even know why you have me here. This guy did every single thing that I've done or would have done. And he, I don't understand why you called me out and then let the guy finish the job. So, you know, for me, that, that was different. 
Um, I was glad I was able to validate what I did there. I was glad he was able to validate it and that she didn't see, uh, you know, a conflicting response from him. Because at this point in time, he, you know, he backed what I said. He validated my diagnostics and he reassured, he reassured her that, yeah, I did my job correctly, which was, that was super dope to me, man. A shout out to Rex. Um, I can't remember the name of the company, um, but he was a super cool guy. He had a helper with him and um, really good guy, man. So thank you for that. Um, but to me that, that was different for me. Um, and I, you know, when I left that call, I felt like that was a setback, um, until I actually got on the phone, talked to the office and I just realized the customer, you know, the customer was upset at that point because she had to spend money on a new tank on a new line and she just wanted somebody else to blame. And like I told you, this was one year oil maintenance skipped. She got the oil maintenance done in 2018. She did not want it done in 2019. And here we are 2020 and she's having so many issues with the system uh, because she skipped out on the maintenance. So, you know, this job has a lot to do with mental fortitude. This job has a lot to do with you know, making sure that you keep in line with good character um, or it can trip you up, man. Like. I could have easily gotten offended by this lady, especially what she said to me in the beginning and not held my composure. But like I said, the people that I surround myself with, uh, the people that mentor me, the people that uh, I choose to align myself with, they help me to stay level headed. They help me to stay grounded. Um, and if you're in a position where you are having callbacks or if you're in a position where you feel like you're not, uh, progressing as fast as you need to progress align yourself with people who want to see you succeed i think that's probably my greatest advice for you as a technician is surround yourself with technicians who are successful who do not mind helping who are really good with customers and who want to see you succeed because that will definitely pay dividends throughout your whole career. And then once you find that and you get to a position where now you are that guy that needs to be leaned upon, do me a favor and pass that same thing down. Don't be the douchebag. Don't be the guy that's the asshole. Be the guy that is willing to help the guy that's willing to, you know, lend a helping hand to that technician and help them up. Thank you guys so much for joining me again. Check out the Facebook group, the HVAC apprentice podcast, Facebook group. Check us out on Instagram, the HVAC, HVAC apprentice on Instagram, and I'll catch you guys next time.